0: Hey, this is Rich Ward, the Duke of Metal, from Fozzie and Stuck Mojo, and you're listening to Talking Metal, because you have good taste, and you know how to spend your spare
1: time. Welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal Podcast, home of all things hard rock and heavy metal. I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. Hey, welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal Podcast. It is 9.30 a.m., Tuesday, March 29th. I am sitting here in my basement with my dog, Ozzy, right by my, my feet, sipping a Starbucks coffee, ready to talk some metal with you and also with Rich Ward. Rich is my special guest today, and he is... Just a great guy, number one, Uh, amazing musician, and he's got some just great bands that I've really just come to love over the years. Uh, Fozzie is the band he has with Chris Jericho, and man, they put out a great record uh, about a year and a half ago, back in late 2014, which we're going to listen to a little music off of that record uh, on today's show but more importantly uh, at this moment we're going to be talking to him about stuck mojo which is rebooted with two new members they got a pledge music campaign fund thing going on which i was just poking around on that actually purchased the uh, the vinyl on that and there's some great packages and really affordable stuff a great way to show your support to Rich Ward and Stuck Mojo, one of the bands, according to Sam Dunn, you know, the metal expert if you will out of out of Canada who's done a lot of documentaries and TV shows on on heavy metal. According to Sam Dunn, Stuck Mojo is one of the, you know, founders of the new metal movement, which, you know, the word new metal, uh, I'm so so on that, but a lot of a lot of great bands, according to Sam Dunn, fall under that what do you call it genre Corn band I freaking love and have loved for years and years since I first saw them with Ozzy back in like the mid 90s they opened for Ozzy uh, one of those tours where like Joe Holmes was playing guitar and Deftones another great band my friend John Simpson was just asking me if I could go see the Deftones with him but the two shows locally here, I'm in Indiana that week in the summer, and then the other, well, there's actually three shows locally uh, in the New Jersey, New York area. And the third one is the same, at, which is at the Stone Pony, is the same night I'm going to see Glenn Hughes in the city. So unfortunately, I'm going to miss the Deftones this year. Um, you know, Cold Chamber, System of a Down, Kitty, Lincoln Park, Disturbed, and Stuck Mojo. Stuck Mojo, one of the founders of, of that whole genre and in a lot of ways predates uh what the bands i just mentioned you know they they were doing it before a lot a lot of these other bands were going way back to the late 80s mixing hip hop and rap with heavy metal hard rock and rich was was one of these guys who really laid the groundwork for this whole genre to uh to happen with his band stuck mojo and um yeah man you know, you could kind of put them also in that, like, hard alternative category. Um, Sam Dunn, when he breaks all the bands down, he has Stuck Mojo under the new metal category. But I would also put them maybe under the hard alternative category, which included bands like, according to Sam Dunn, like Faith No More, Chili Peppers, Jane's Addiction, Living Color, you know, uh, Smashing Pumpkins, Rage Against the Machine. Uh, a lot of people point to Rage Against the Machine and Stuck Mojo as you know two of the first bands to kind of start mixing hip hop and rap. Yeah, sure, there was you know Run DMC and Aerosmith and Public Enemy and Anthrax, but those were kind of like mm, I don't want to call them novelty songs, but those th- that wasn't what those those bands were about. You know, they they did mix it up anthrax and public enemy and run dmc and aerosmith but they weren't they weren't rock. i mean run dmc was a rap band aerosmith was a rock band anthrax was a metal band public enemy with was, was a hip-hop band you know they 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 came together but they, they didn't that wasn't what they were solely about whereas with stuck mojo they they, they were and uh, if you don't know stuck mojo it's worth going back and and discovering their their catalog and Let's also plan to listen to some brand new Stuck Mojo. You can, if you go to the Pledge Music page, you can get a download um, when you buy one of the the packages on the Pledge Music page. So, I tell you what, go support Rich Ward and Stuck Mojo. Make a pledge on the 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 Pledge Music page. It's linked through today's show notes on TalkingMetal.com. Go over there, make your your purchase, pre-order the record or whatever. And uh, the vinyl, whatever you want to do There's all sorts of cool packages up there And you will immediately get this song As a download It's called Verbal Combat And it's brand new Stuck Mojo off the Here Comes the Infidels record Let's check it out right now I'm
2: not a rapper, I'm a lyrical machine Controversial spiders dropping bonds on the scene Destiny in motion, and motion, I can intervene You can only dream so what do I mean? The cream of the crop, the one you can't stop Drop the pep
1: new Stuck Mojo, a little sound sample there. If you want the whole thing, go on over to Pledge Music. Use those links on TalkingMetal.com to get over there and get the whole record. Um, You know, the whole I'm sorry, the whole song, and also the whole record. You can get the CD, the vinyl, the digital downloads, whatever you need. You can pre-order the the whole record, and you'll immediately get that song. Show support for the independent music scene by going to Pledge Music and uh, supporting your favorite bands, such as Stuck mojo a lot of news going on with with guns and roses uh down in atlanta at least with axel that is uh pictures of axel coming out of the studio rehearsal studio and then a few m- minutes later acdc uh what is acdc angus uh, cliff and you know the the other guys coming out of the studio um so a lot of a lot of speculation about is axel gonna do these 10 makeup shows with, uh, ACDC and, you know, wow. For a guy who you don't hear from quite often, you know, he'll, he'll go out and do his little tours here and there, not even little big tours with, with what, you know, guns and roses or the new guns, you know, Bumblefoot and or Buckethead or whoever. But for a long time, you know, he would kind of just do those. There never hardly any interviews. And we didn't hear much about him. Uh, in the press. But now. A flurry of activity. He's back with Slash and Duff. Six shows booked. Coming up. I'm going to what I hope is the first one. August 8th in Las Vegas. My wife and I are flying out there. I'll be tweeting from the show. So uh, watch watch talking the Talking Metal Twitter account. And um, yeah man. And then uh, you know now this news. That I- he's going to be doing the makeup shows. For ACDC. Uh, Brian johnson is out we've spoken about that in previous podcasts strange circumstances if you ask me but anyways uh i, I you know i think it's risky because you know he, he i think it, it could get him some great press uh, put his name out there but there's you know there's so many haters on the internet now and and you hit one wrong note and it's up there on on youtube and every for everyone to criticize um you can't control things like you used to back in the day And I I do think Axel's a guy who kind of likes to control things. Um, So this should be interesting, to say the least. I I think it also is interesting because it is putting his name out there even more, you know, right before a summer Guns N' Roses tour, which has been confirmed. A summer tour is happening. The dates haven't been confirmed. I've been told... Uh, by an inside source, late July for Giant Stadium in the New York area. We'll see if that happens. Possibly J- July 25th. Yeah. So let's uh, let's stay tuned. And in the meantime, we have these six shows, four shows in the states, um, two in Mexico coming up. And then I'm guessing they're probably he's probably and no confirmation on this, but he's probably going to do these ten gigs with ACDC. Will it just be him? Or will it be like an all-star cast where numerous singing singers are coming up to to do to do the set? I don't know. I think it would be. I, I would be shocked if it was just him. Uh, you know, I'm not shocked. Uh, two weeks ago, I would be been shocked if it was just him. Now I'm thinking it will be just him. I, I don't know because I haven't heard any names throw, Other names thrown in the mix with this ACDC thing. So we we will see exciting news for fans of Axel, Exciting news for guns and roses fans and you, man I will just say this you know I went when chinese democracy came out back in 2008 it was such a big thing it was like the first time I went and I saw force awakens it was such an emotional thing for me and and the anticipation was so high and that I almost I enjoyed it the first time I saw force awakens and the for, first few times I listened to chinese democracy but after some time got between the initial release of this, you know, big emotional moment for me, uh, on both fronts, you know, Star Wars and and Guns, Chinese Democracy. Uh, it wasn't until later that I went back and we'll just focus on Guns for now. Listen to that record, you know, over and over again, and and I like it more today. Chinese Democracy, the album without Slash, without Duff, without the original Guns guys, just uh, Axel and. Buckethead, Bumblefoot, Fortis Fink is on there Josh Freeze does some writing on there Pittman of course does a lot of writing One of the only guys to be on every track Chris Pittman Axel, and and Bumblefoot The only three guys that are on every track On Chinese Democracy Anyways uh, Tommy Stinson of course in the mix there too I I I think it is I I enjoy it more now than I did When it first came out I think it is a phenomenal record overlooked you know it got it got decent reviews for the most part but the ballads the 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 rockers everything on there is just great um i've just been listening over and over again to a song called sorry off the record there's so much great stuff and it's you know with everything that's going on right now and and everyone excited for the classic kind of part of the classic Guns N' Roses lineup to get back together. I go do yourself a favor. Go back and rediscover Chinese Democracy. Great, great record. Yeah, and um, on that note, let's get into some music right now. More music. This is a little high spirits with "I Need Your Love." just heard was high spirits with I need your love and without further ado let's get into my interview with Rich Ward there what this is a long interview it's a great great interview I love talking with this guy and there is a dropout in the middle for I was uh I was using Skype and I called uh, Rich's cell phone using Skype and for some reason it, it dropped out in the middle so you might hear a little weird thing happen in the middle where it cuts out and comes back and you know he picks it right back up, where, so it shouldn't be too big of a deal. But just wanted to throw that out there. And here we go, little Rich Ward on Talking Metal. Hey, it's Mark Striegel, and it's time for another Talking Metal interview. Calling in on the line we have from Stuck Mojo and from Fozzie, Rich Ward. How are you, Rich?
0: I'm doing fantastic, Mark. Thank you for taking your time with me today. It's good to uh, see you uh, on the clock. We've hung off the clock a few times. So yeah. It's cool to uh, do some business. It's awesome.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, before before I start asking you questions, I got to tell you, I I heard. Verbal Combat, the the new lyric video, is up on YouTube. This is the new Stuck Mojo song, and it's just great. And I immediately forwarded it over to uh, a friend of mine, Daryl McDaniels, DMC of Run DMC. And I said, dude, you got to check this out. You get a shout out in the song. And and just now, minutes before uh, I called you, he responded and said, this is so cool. These guys rock. Wow, I'm really in good company with all these guys they give props to. Amazing stuff. That's a that's the email he sent me back. So he oh, is so digging cool, it too,
0: man. That's awesome. I actually, in a, in a related bit, um, his manager contacted me a few months ago about. Uh, trying to get uh, or wanted to know if I'd be interested in contributing some material to his, I guess, now completed solo record. Right. And at the time I was writing the Stuck Mojo record and I was working with another band doing some songwriting at the same time. And I was just having a hard time coming up with some new material at that point, because I had already, you know, how once you start imposing deadlines, I just couldn't take the time off so, I submitted some older tracks, and they didn't make uh, the grade, but man, I right. was uh, going back to it, I, I should have just stayed up for four days in a row and just written some tracks for him because i'm I'm a big fan. I mean that was a big turning point for Stuck mojo um, you know, because when we first started the band. We were really into the Chili Peppers and Faith No More, and yeah, of you course. know that that style of like what is what is the average suburban white kid's interpretation of funk and you know interpretation of you know music that you know culturally was different from us because most of us white rock guitar players came up with Eddie Van Halen and Randy Rhodes and and then later discovering Dimebag and. Sepultura and you know so so my evolution was from that from the, the white suburban or white urban you know uh, rock and metal perspective and then once you start seeing these really interesting coming together of cultures um, and obviously Run DMC and Anthrax being at the forefront of that uh, was a real it was almost like it, they were saying it's okay that there aren't rules anymore and that you yeah. can do whatever you want. And Anthrax is putting out, I am the man and wearing board shorts. And I just remember thinking, thank Jesus, like it's on because even bands that a year and a half, two years earlier were wearing black stretch jeans and white, you know, high tops and Anthrax were now deciding that they could just do whatever they wanted to do. And and to me, that was the birth of you know, kind of musical freedom for me and that it didn't have to be fitting neatly into this category, didn't have to neatly fit into this category. The, 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 you know, the blackboard had then just been erased and you just do what feels good to you. What is the, what does Rich Ward, you know, what is his voice musically? Don't worry about what everybody else says. Just do your thing. And that was, that was a a good moment for me. So hearing Daryl saying something nice, is really cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, he's right. I think that the track is great, and I'm really psyched to hear the the full record, which is called "Here Comes the Infidels." When can we expect to hear the the whole album?
0: Well, we we have seven videos in the works, which will be a kind of a combination of of uh, proper, you know, kind of what we consider music videos, which will be performance based, mixed with uh, lyric videos, and so the album comes out on June 24th. Uh, but we will pretty much have most of the album revealed by that time. Things have just changed obviously so much in the music industry that um, it's not so much about trying to tease your album ahead of time, you know, so in hopes that on street date, everyone buys it. Now it just becomes an issue of trying to convey um, who you are as an artist to your potential supporters and, and finding, you know, those pieces of glue that, buying this together and hopefully you build relationships with a fan base and you're going to sell less records because that's just the way the industry is but there are so many different ways for fans to support bands now and so many different ways for us to to generate income other than feeling like the only way is to sell a t-shirt at the show and you know sell a bunch of albums so we're releasing this uh, through Pledge Music as a pre-order and basically for three months building up to the album we're offering all kinds of cool stuff, alternate mixes, and we also did a. Um, we when we did a reunion show with the the original kind of uh, mid '90s era Stuck Mojo band, we we did uh, three shows, and one of them we filmed a seven camera shoot, and and I mixed the uh, the audio. It's it's a crushing sounding show, and it's, cool. it was really captured well on video. And if you buy the ten dollar download, you get a you get the uh, streaming link for free, and you get to watch it. We just figured why don't we just figure out a way to say thanks to anyone who wants to support us outside of the the general transaction of you give us green rectangles in exchange for your album. We just say, let's sweeten the pot and figure out how we can make this a win for everybody. Because when it comes down to it, I think uh, the reason why there's such a proliferation of folks who are downloading albums for free, I think it comes down to at least in, in, uh, in some cases, that people who are fans of bands don't even feel like that money ever even gets to the band. They they read so many stories about how, you know, bands like Van Halen have sold millions of copies and never saw any royalties from those albums. So there's kind of a sense I think within some music fans that if they buy an album. It's not really supporting the band anymore because the band doesn't see the, the, the revenue from that. So people just feel, okay, I'll just download the album for free anyway because my support's not actually you know, helping the band. But with things like Pledge Music, you know, we've used Pledge Music differently than some bands do. Some bands are saying, hey, help us pay for our album. We paid for our own album. This is all self-financed. We're self-financing all the videos. You know, we we used Andy Sneap to produce the album, so we didn't right, cut yeah. corners on the on the on the production of the record. And we're just saying, if if you feel like this album has value, there's some sound clips on Pledge Music for you to check out. If you feel like you're liking what you hear, then then the exchange is you spend 10 bucks. Uh, Pledge Music keeps a buck 50 for hosting it, and we get to use the 8.50 to pay back the money that we spent making the album. It, it's a win for the fans who want to support us and it's a win for us because there are less you know sibs and filters off the, the direct kind of support between the fan and its uh and the band which is cool.
1: Cool and we will have links up in today's show notes on TalkingMetal.com to the Pledge Music uh, page where you can support Stuck Mojo and the new record which is on the way again it's called Here Comes the the Infidels and, and Rich the Pledge Music stuff so how does it generally work like you, you can pledge different amounts a real small amount or a real big amount right and you get different things back for that amount is that correct
0: yeah we decided that how pledge music can work for us is it just becomes kind of like an online merch store like if you came to see stuck mojo at a gig you'd go to the merch stand and you'd say i want to get a cd or i want to get a t-shirt or i want to get a piece of signed vinyl and that's all we're doing we're not asking people to donate money we're not asking people to help us you know finance a video or buy new tires for our band we're just saying hey if you'd like to buy our album here it is if you want to buy a copy of the vinyl here it is if you want to buy a t-shirt here it is and i've even put some kind of specialty stuff on there like um I had this crazy idea about uh sometimes you see bands like selling a shirt that they wore you know in a video or something and I, so yeah. i came up with this idea of raid rich's wardrobe <laughs> okay. so basically i just take like there's like five bundles of different shirts of mine like my 1999 WrestleMania T-shirt that I, nice. I wear all the time, mixed with like different shirts and and stuff and hats and stuff that I've worn in music videos, and it's uh it's cool. I mean, it, some people may want to have these, you know, like I have my original ECW T-shirt from 1998 that I wore on the back cover of one of our albums, and uh, so there may be a fan who wants that, and instead of me taking it and taking my wife out to dinner, I use that money to pay for the album. So it's it's cool.
1: Right on, right on. And some exciting news with, with the band. You have uh, two new members joining the ranks along with you and Frank. Can you tell us a little bit about these, uh, these new guys?
0: Yeah. uh, Robbie Jay is the uh, new vocalist and he is from Montreal, Canada. I, I, I met him like all legacy bands meet uh, new members, and that's through YouTube. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, Robbie was in a band in Montreal, and his guitar player sent me a link to their video. I clicked on it, and I freaked out. I thought they were a really good band. These guitar players, the drummer was amazing, but I really was captivated by the vocalist because, you know, he... What he represented was something that I couldn't describe. Like I couldn't decide if he was a metal kid or if he was a kind of a skater culture kid or if he was a uh, a rapper. Like he just felt like he had his own thing, which is what I really liked about Stuck Mojo in the early days. Bones, our original vocalist, you couldn't say that he was like a rapper or you couldn't say yeah. that he was he just was bones. He had his own style and it didn't quite conform to any, you know, uh, one word or label. And I thought Robbie was the same kind of guy. And he has a little bit of Andrew WK in him. And he doesn't even know that. It's just like, you know how like people who come see me will say, Oh, rich reminds me of a little bit of this guy, a little bit of that guy. And, and, and we all kind of make our uh, determinations of, who that guy's influences are based on, you know, our our, uh, our own uh perceptions of what music is. Absolutely. But I loved this guy. I reached out to him through uh Twitter and just said, hey, um I didn't want to you know, we had just parted ways with uh with bones after we, we tried to do this reunion run and it just didn't work. It, I wanted to wanted it to so bad. I mean I was the guy who called all the troops together and said hey it's our 20th anniversary of our first album we should do some shows and secretly i was just so really wanting this thing to work just like you always do with the first girl you ever were in love with and you know and when you're single again you you call her up and you say you know god remember the good times it was so good and you know let's try to forget what caused us to break up in the first place and let's just let's go out And the first date was awesome. And then the second date, it's like, oh, okay. And the third date, you're like, oh man, this is a (laughs) bummer because, you know, all of that kind of positive thinking and trying to, you know, rewrite history of there were no problems. They just always, it just, life is complex. And, and so it just didn't work out. And as soon as we determined that that, Relationship was not going to be one that we were going to move forward with. I, I saw Robbie that next day. I mean, it was preordained. It was Moses with tablets and right. staff and lightning, and it was great. And I, I really felt great about it. So um, I had Robbie come down under the pretense, uh, come down to Atlanta under the pretense of, hey, would you like to do a guest vocal slot on the new Stuck Mojo record? He had no idea that Bones was not going to continue in the band and i I didn't want to put that out there to him i just wanted to see what he would be like to work with without him having the pressure feeling like this was some kind of audition or something i just wanted to say hey man i'm a big fan i like what you do let's just you know i'd love to have your voice on the new stuck mojo record as a guest vocalist and after working with him you know for a few days i mean he had to know something was up because i i said I sent him a plane ticket for four days in Atlanta. Who who does four days? Do <laughs> yeah. guest vocal, right? But you, you know. But in any case, he's he's a great guy. And on on bass um, is a guy named Len Saunier, who uh, he's from kind of a, a, a Texas Louisiana border town. And I met him. His band, Piece of the Chaos, opened for Fozzy uh, last summer. And his band's a three piece, very much in the realm of uh, King's X and Galactic Cowboys that okay. every guy in the band is singing super musicians amazing riffing and his tone was killer and after the show I remember asking him you know dude where, where have you been and he's like well I played in Doug Pinnock's band Hound Hound and my my brother was in uh, the Galactic Cowboys and we, oh, well. we had a band together so it was like oh this is amazing uh, just you know at that time I had I wasn't looking for a bass player, so to me it was nothing beyond just that acknowledgement of he was a great player. And then once I knew that uh that uh Corey, who was the other fourth member of the of the Pigwalk Rising Stuck Mojo Reunion, he got an offer to uh go play in this band Saint Asonia, which is an amazing uh lineup of just superstar musicians and singers. And I remember when he approached me just saying, dude, I got this offer to go play with this band. I don't really know what's going to happen, but it looks like this is going to be a full-time gig. And, and I was like, dude, you have to do it. Stuck Mojo, we don't know what we're doing. We don't know if this is going to work with Bones. And it was just, you know, again, as quickly as that band put together this reunion lineup, three months later it was done. Um, And we probably could have worked around Corey working around our schedule and us working around Corey's schedule, but honestly, his band just came out of the gate so strong with the radio single, it just made more sense for us to not sit on the sidelines and try to work around that and just try to find the fourth guy who fit our band and could be uh, a part of something that, um, you know, because again, Frank and I have Fozzie as well. And it just makes it so complex when everybody in the band has two and three projects and sure. trying to work around uh, Stuck Mojo's schedule and Chris's wrestling. You know, just everything just gets crazy. So we just felt like, um, finding a, a fourth guy was the right, right way to go about it. And, and Steve Joe who, um, worked for century media for a number of years, um, when Stuck Mojo was there, and also was the A&R uh, guy for for Fozzy, he reminded me when we were on the lookout for a bass player. You need to call that guy Lynn from that band Peace and the Chaos down in Louisiana. That guy's a monster. He'd be perfect for the band. And one phone call later, we had a bass player. And yes, no no auditions. Wow, like I didn't cool. There was no bass auditions, no vocal auditions, and it was just. You know, I, I went gut instinct on these things, and sometimes gut instincts are not the best way to, to base a career, but I'm a 47-year-old guy who's been do- doing this his whole life, and my gut instinct is also married to um, a lot of, I've been there and done that, let's process this properly, let's, let's profile, and profiling, as we know, is a very effective way to keep you from making mistakes uh that you've done in the past and also you know a recognized danger and now you know it it just worked out great so we're super happy
1: cool excellent excellent and andy you mentioned andy sneep is on board and you know he's done work with megadeth exodus testament i mean the list just goes on and on accept kill switch engage what 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 is his take? I mean, obviously Stuck Mojo has, you know, a hard rock, a metal influence, a funk influence, but also a, a hip-hop influence. Is is, is Andy a, a fan of rap music and, and hip-hop?
0: No, he absolutely hates it. <laughs> Andy is the perfect producer for me because he keeps me focused. I, I like so many genres, and I'm very susceptible to try to introduce music and stylistically things that, like, I really enjoy. Um, one of the things that I was I was privy to do is early on in the um, accept writing and production process for Blood of the Nations, their first reunion, or I shouldn't say yeah. reunion, but their first record with, with Mark. Right, sure. Um, I went up to Wolf's house with uh, our friend Ed Aborn, who actually introduced Wolf. To Andy, so we were all up there, and I was watching Andy, just you know, really doing a great job of guiding, except into st- staying, except and because Wolf is just like every other amazing guitar player in that he likes lots of stuff. You know, he loves his classical music and he likes his blues rock, and he, you know, he just there's there's all of these things that that have shaped uh, us us musicians into the the people who we are, but it's important to have a producer like Andy who will say, I get it that you like Al Dimiola that should yeah. have no place on an accept or a stuck mojo record. <laughs> and for me, like trying to introduce too many kind of hip hop or um, blues rock or classic uh, AOR style rock influences on this new stuck mojo record, Sneep was very quick to say, bro, that's a mistake you need to stay on target. This album has a sound, it has a direction. Let's stay focused on that and like a good producer, Andy was that that that, you know, angel on my shoulder or devil, you make the determination yeah. that kept me over the target of what this record needed to do. And there's plenty of dynamics on the album which Andy loved, but he wasn't he wasn't interested in making a rap rock record. He was interested in making a balls-out, aggressive rock metal album. And what made it great for Andy is he, he spent, he, you know, most of his career he has spent doing, um, you know, thrash style music. A few kind of, you know, kill switch obviously is more of a, you know, kind of a new school band. And there are a few of those styles of bands. But where Andy has really had success is with, Except uh, and Testament and Megadeth and those styles of bands, who and Exodus, who are much more rooted in what Andy is great at, which is thrash right. metal. Which is Andy is a freaking unbelievable.
1: Yeah, that was uh, that was strange. You were you were so saying
0: I'll, I'll, yeah, I was basically saying that Andy is a he's a thrash metal guitar player himself, coming from his background uh, with Sabbath and now with Hell. So his style. Is, is rooted in, in thrash guitar playing. So for him, this was a nice opportunity for him to make more of an old-school rock record because the production-wise, when you listen to this album, it doesn't sound like a testament record. We were going with some, for something that was a little more open and something that had a little more in, in common with, with Sabbath and with Deep Purple uh, as far as our production approach um, a little less kick uh click on the kick drum a little less uh top end and distortion on the guitars we were going for something that was the key to Stuck mojo's success in the mid 90s on the records he did which is plug guitar into Marshall amplifier and play loudly and yeah. let's not let's not make this too perfect let's not do too many editing. Let's not too many overdubs. Let's make this a a rock record that feels like you're in a room with a four piece rock band that's bludgeoning you with some volume and riffs. And so, for Andy was also, uh, you know, he brought all of that experience that he has from making aggressive records, but also, you know, his passion and love for those classic bands that all of us grew up on.
1: Now, did Andy come down to Atlanta, or come over, I should say, to Atlanta to work with you guys, or were you guys over in the... He's in the UK, right? Is that where he's based? He is. Yeah,
0: yeah we we worked in Atlanta, so we tracked drums here, and we tracked uh, bass and guitar, and, uh, and then we flew down Robbie from Montreal and tracked vocals here, and then we did some overdubs, um, meaning guitar solos and backing vocals at Andy's place in England, but almost all of the record was done in America, and part of it was that You know, uh, Andy just said, Hey, I'd love to do this record uh, as long as it's a stuck mojo record and you stay true to form and we don't go crazy uh, left field and start making experimental records. As long as you're interested in making a real old school stuck mojo heavy record, I'm in. Plus, I'd love to come to America for a bump and experience sunshine and hot weather. Right. And so he came over in uh you know, the heat of uh August and September when we just have Greg go to the park and and uh you know I mean England has beautiful weather but notoriously it rains a lot and it's yeah. overcast and for a guy like Andy who spends most of his time there, it was a it was a good opportunity for him to uh paddle around with his buddy Rich in the sunshine.
1: Right on. Now, the the last record you guys put out, I mean, we're going back like eight years ago at this point, The Great Revival. Um, how does this record, obviously the vocalist and frontman is different, but otherwise, how does this new record, Here Comes the Infidels, differ from that record?
0: It was Well, first of all, that record was a bit of a mess. It was the only album that I've ever done that I wish I could take back. And part of that, comes from it was just incomplete we had signed a deal with napalm records and we had got we were offered by the guys in volby an opportunity to do a european tour as main support from them which was huge because obviously volby is a huge band not only here but in europe and they were playing four and five thousand seat venues and um and this had nothing to do with buy-ons and they were paying us and you know they were fans and wanted to bring us over, so it was super exciting. But Napalm said, for in order for us to support this, we want the Great Revival to be out in, and be available in stores before that tour happens. And we weren't on we weren't on schedule for that to happen, so that album was rushed, and there were a few songs that were left off that I just couldn't finish in time uh, to have that album ready. Uh, you know, because obviously before an album is uh could be released there's about 3 months of setup time for manufacturing and for to have your label set things up and that album came across as it's as it stands now released was more of an experimental record there was all kinds of different vibes and sounds and it would it, it would have been wiser for us to just not do the Volvi tour and just decided to make sure that that album was ready to go out but Sometimes, when you're in the heat of battle, you just, you know, you make, you make decisions that you'll sometimes, you know, learn to regret. And, and I've done that a bunch of times in my career. Obviously, part of that is, you know, just understanding that those mistakes will, uh, if you acknowledge them as mistakes and you acknowledge them for what they are and learn from them, hopefully you're, you become a better businessman because right. that's the part that sucks about being a guitar player. I just want to play guitar and I just want to write songs and I just want to be in a band, but most of the stuff that musicians do have nothing to do with that. And, and that's the part that most of us have to learn from, you know, my parents never sat me down and taught me how to balance a checkbook or how to run a business. Uh, And I don't, I don't have any of those skills. I'm, I'm, shitty when it comes to paying my phone bill on time, still as a 47-year-old man, because (laughs) all I do is play guitar and write songs and live in my studio, and when I'm not doing that, I want to take my wife out to dinner and tell her she's the best thing in the world. So, um, Yeah, so learning from those things, when you hear this record, this feels like a fully realized album, and it is. It could be the best album I've ever made. Wow. uh, From my perspective, those are all you know, old-school Stuck Mojo fans are, are are see things the same way that old-school Deep Purple fans see things or old-school Black Sabbath fans see things. There will always be an argument over, uh, you know, Ozzy versus Dio versus Glenn Hughes, whatever. Yeah. You know, Ian Dylan people, you know, as, as bands evolve and change, uh, which is unfortunately the nature of any band who's been around for any period of time, it's hard to keep a lineup together because life gets in the way. Um, I think I think for those people who who listen to this with a with a kind of a fresh and open mind, just like Andy did, you know, when Sneep heard it, he was like, "Man, this is this material is the best you've ever done. We just have to capture it. We just have to make sure it's done right and that it sounds right." And uh, yeah, so I'm super happy with it. And I'm not super happy with uh, The Great Revival. The album that we did before that, uh, Southern Born Killers, I think is an amazing record. I'm super happy with that. As I was the album before that, Declaration of a Headhunter. I mean, all the Stuff Mojo records we did, I think are really good. Um, Yeah, like I said, one misstep. And uh, unfortunately, it was the last record we did before this one, which is what... What all artists will be judged by is what did you do last time. Right. <laughs> so I'm and looking forward for folks to hear
1: this one. Absolutely. And back in those days, you had you had Lord Nelson. He was with you, right? Was there any thought of reapproaching him to be involved in the new record?
0: Yeah, there was because I, I'm in love with Lord Nelson. He is an amazing vocalist and he's a great writer, and I loved working with him. I think part of it for me was uh, when Bones. Uh, when that didn't work, um, I didn't didn't know exactly what I was going to do because I had already written four or five songs and I was well into the process of writing this new album with the intention of this being a reunion album. So, you know, I didn't really entertain what is the next step because only 24 hours later did I see Robbie J in this, this YouTube clip. So right. if, if I'm being honest... Uh, I didn't give it a lot of thought because that era of Stuck Mojo existed for three years. And then we stopped touring and we stopped working together. And, and I, I, I didn't do a good job of staying in touch with those guys. I'm, um, I'm a bit of a hermit and um, I should do a better job of staying in touch with my friends and guys that I've, I've been creative with, but uh just like a lot of these relationships. I mean, I, I was in a band with Mike Portnoy for three years and I when I bowed out and said, you know, hey man, I'm I'm not gonna be able to do this with you guys anymore, I don't really talk to Mike anymore. I mean, we yeah. got along great, we we're good friends, but you know, when you're not dealing with them on a day to day basis, you know, just other things happen and again, I could I could probably um I could probably find uh, some time to be better communicators, especially with good people, because Lord Nelson is a good guy. But um, part of me, too, just like I said earlier, went with my gut. I looked at Robbie J., and then I also assessed what type of album I was writing, because those Southern Born Killers and The Great Revival was a much different approach musically than this album. This album is a dirty... aggressive, dark album. Warden Nelson is a happy guy. I mean, he is a... Being with him is like hanging around with, like, the nicest, coolest dude that you went to high school with who all the girls loved because he was so funny. And I didn't need funny. I needed somebody (laughs) who had a real dark side to him. I needed to find somebody who, like Bones, can connect with the dark side of, of their personality. And what I came to learn about Robbie is that Robbie is very different from Bones in that Bones is on 10 at all times. He, he literally, the only time that he's not yelling and acting crazy and being that character that he is, Bones, like he's not Ozzy where Ozzy's crazy on stage. And then when Ozzy is off stage he's John Osborne. Yeah. Bones is not that way. Bones right. is on. There's no Alice Cooper shift. Um, <laughs> okay. Whereas, Whereas uh, Robbie J is a quiet, thoughtful artist, he reminds me of what I imagine Lane Daily uh, would be like. In that, he's not he's not boastful. He's not loud. When we go out to dinner in a large group of people, he doesn't interject. He doesn't try to command the table. He's not the guy trying to one up the other guy on stories. Like I will, you know, just like everyone's like, Oh yeah, but I remember when this, he's not that guy. Yeah. But when it comes to writing and when it comes to creating and when it comes to, I mean, we just, we did some performance videos last weekend. He's an absolute animal and, and love that on and off switch with him because it doesn't feel like he's performing. It feels like it is this thing that is within him that is triggered upon riffage. Um, and, You know, again, reminds me of maybe, you know, the Kurt Cobain or, you know, that kind of thoughtful artist guy who when microphone goes in hand, then the floodgates are open. And I love that about him. Whereas, like I said, I don't I don't know that I could have made this album with Lord Nelson just because of his approach as an artist. It fit right. Southern-born killers. Yeah. Southern-born killers was a rock record. It was a joyous. There was some fun songs on there, and he is much more of an old-school kind of flow hip-hop rapper in in the in the vein of a lot of those late '80s and early '90s guys. Whereas Robbie J is a product of old-school hip-hop influences mixed with. Uh, Corey Taylor mixed with extreme bands like you know he's like into math metal and,
3: right, and cool.
0: he just has this amazing vocabulary. One of the other cool things that I loved about Robbie Taylor I first kind of started talking to him I said well what do you what do you listen to? What are your influences? He's like well I don't listen to a lot of albums over and over again. He said my my goal is, is to listen to a full album every day that I haven't heard before to try to discover new music so I'll go out there and and go on YouTube or go on, um, uh, Apple music and just try to listen to an entire album from a band I've never heard of. I just thought that, how refreshing is that? I haven't listened to a new album in 10 years from top (laughs) to bottom.
1: Right. You know, I like,
0: I'm still listening to dark side of the moon and Boston's first album. Yeah. And it's, I just loved his, his hunger and thirst for new music and his desire to be challenged musically by different ideas. And so, that's not something that um, that that mid-2000s Stuck Mojo lineup was ever going to do. Gotcha. Because that band was uh, a bunch of guys who were very rooted in some patterns that we have developed over many years. And all of a sudden, Robbie J., when I met him, was injecting this fresh perspective and looking at the world completely different than I have. Plus, he came up in the world of the Internet. Man, we released our third album before the internet even existed for bands.
3: Right, You right. know, it was
0: a different world. And uh, I just love having his, you know, it's like having a different pair of glasses on in the band where there's a different prism that, that we are seeing the world through. And I, I love that. Plus, Politically, he just sees things through a different worldview than I do. He's Canadian, yeah. you know. He he was exposed to things differently than I was. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, where, you know, our news is filtered through the worldview of the folks around me and that mm-hmm. kind of Southern Bible Belt culture. I love the fact he comes from a very secular, um, you know, worldview. And and you know, and I'm, I'm not saying either one is right or wrong. I just think that the more uh, diversity of ideas and the more diversity that we have in the bands of, of culture and thought form I think the better and the stronger we'll be
1: yeah and you said he's from Montreal right he is yeah yeah well that's where I saw you last I think up in up in uh, Montreal and that's a real interesting town I mean as far as North American cities go it's, it's definitely unique and has its own thing going on I, I really love that town me too
0: it's like it, it, it's I, I love it culturally it knows who it who it is um, and it's a, it's an interesting mix of folks. It's a real um, it's a real diverse population. And I mean, where I live in the South, um, in Atlanta is in the city limits of Atlanta is 80% black and 10% Hispanic and 10% white. And outside the city limits is about 80% uh, white and 10% Hispanic and 10% right. uh, black. And so, you know, living in a in this hugely diverse culture in the city of Atlanta. And, And now because Atlanta's got a great, um, economy and because we have a, you know, it's an expanding city that's not blocked by land constrictions. It's constantly growing. So we have people here moving from all over the place. And that's a good thing. Um, I think for, for any musician is to, um, you know, I I always feel weird when I go out with a band who's from Lawrence, Kansas, and their first tours of Europe, and it's it is shocking to them, yeah. Because if you haven't been exposed culturally to these things, you it can be it can be strange when you're in Munich, Germany, and you have these huge diversity of of ideas and. You have the German people, and then you have the Turkish immigrants, and who have completely different cultures, and it can be overwhelming, especially when you don't speak German and you just try to yell louder your dialect of English when they don't understand you. Yeah. So, having someone like Robbie in the band who is bilingual and and has you know Eastern European uh, lineage from his family who are immigrants from the Ukraine, and it's it's just cool. I'm again. Our chemistry, I don't think, has ever been this good. Um, it's been different, but I don't know that it's ever been this good.
1: Cool. Well, I'm, I'm completely psyched. Again, the record is Here, comes, here Come the Infidels. And uh, Pledge Music, the campaign is happening now. We're going to have that link through today's show notes on TalkingMetal.com for this episode and just real quick to step outside of the the stuck mojo world you know i i think i've told you one of my favorite records of the last couple years was do you want to start a war the fozzy record what's going on with fozzy uh there's been rumblings that there is a new record on the way uh from from you guys with fozzy too is is that correct
0: there is actually we've been writing um for the last three months and just like the writing that I did for, for uh, the Mojo record, it's, it wasn't consistently like hunkering down in the bunker to write because there are other things. Obviously I've been working on getting the Stuck Mojo album released and there were things that we had to do, but my full-time job pretty much over the last three months has been working on this new Fozzy record. We're working with a new producer, Actually, I haven't even announced it yet. So, this will be the first time you heard this. But we're working, I've produced the last three albums. But right. on this album, we're actually using an outside producer, a guy named Johnny Andrews.
3: Okay. And cool. uh, he
0: produced the most recent Wilson record and is really well known for being a songwriter, primarily. He's written, you know, top, top 10 singles for Hailstorm and Three Days Grace. And he is a really talented producer, songwriter. And he actually helped co-write a couple of songs on "Do You Want to Start a War." I co-wrote "Lights Go Out" and um, and uh, and just working with him during that you know during that period of time, doing that co-write with him, I really knew that he was going to be a, a big you know a, a good positive force in the studio. And I think he understands who we are as a band. You know, Fozzie, actually working with stuck mojo again allows it's, it's hard being the primary songwriter of two bands that are very different from each other. Right. I can't write for Chris Jericho as a vocalist the same way I can write for Robbie J because not only are their uh, vocal approaches completely different, but they're just completely different as people. So as a songwriter, you have to, even if I'm not writing the lyrics, um, you're still having to write the melodies and the approach. And is it more playful or is it more aggressive? How, what mood am I setting with this? And I have to, obviously, I, I have to write with that vocalist in mind because I'm, I'm not the vocal, lead vocalist in Fozzie. So working with Chris for 16 years, nobody knows who he is as, a, as an entertainer and as a vocalist better than I do. Right, so sure. when I'm writing, I'm writing for Chris. Um, and there is some collaboration on vocals, uh, excuse me, on lyrics as well. So I'm having to be very mindful to to not just serve my own interest as a, as as a musician and as a writer. I'm also having to to make sure that I'm writing something that is representative of who we are as a band. So having an active Stuck Mojo project allows me to really focus in on not confusing the two identities of those bands by me just writing what kind of riffs I want to write. So the album is great so far. We've got six songs that uh, are kind of in a rough demo form. Okay. And uh, next week I actually go back and start working on more songs. And I actually think this could, could rival just based on, what the material we have right now is could be as good as do you want to start a war, which I thought was our best album today. I really like yeah. that album.
1: Yeah, me too. And,
0: uh, and I love Fozzie I and mean, there's, there's nothing better than walking on stage with who could be the best front man in rock. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, you know, he, people will, will be quick to say he's a professional wrestler. Well, let's take the fact that he has big arms and, and is an athlete out of the equation. The guy commands the audience of, you know, 20,000 people in a sold out arena. That skill is the same skill um, when a microphone and a rock band is behind him as it is um, when he, he has a microphone in his hand and he's talking to a, right. an arena full of wrestling fans. It is still the act of communication and bringing someone uh, who is paying money to, to be entertained. And Chris is freaking second to none in that i put him up there with axel rose i put him up there with david lee roth and he right when it comes to fronting a band to me he's he's one of the best in the biz so being in a band with him is so, super cool because it takes all the pressure off of me i can play guitar and i can be that number two guy i don't i can be Slash or i can be zach wilder i can be dying back i can focus in on my role of being the best guitar player, best lead guitar player, best riff writer that I can be knowing that that front of the stage will be owned by someone who is, is amazing at it. And whereas stuck mojo is more like a a four person, you know, gang fight. There's no point guy. And which is another reason why those bands are completely different from each other is that when you go to see the red hot chili peppers, you're watching a band, um, it is a much different dynamic with Stuck Mojo in so much as the four guys are much more of a gang, whereas you know, it is hard to, to outshadow uh, Chris Jericho's personality, and that, that becomes his stage out front. So it's, it is a completely different dynamic, which is really why I love being in both bands, because it allows me to, to participate in two roles that I, you know, I value equally
1: absolutely cool and uh wow i can't wait to hear the new fozzy i am totally psyched to hear the the new stuck mojo again here comes the infidels the lyric video for verbal combat is up on youtube we'll also have that linked through today's show notes and you know you mentioned axel you're from atlanta before i let you go do you have any inside word on what's going on down there? We're here, TMZ today has a picture of Axel coming out of a studio in Atlanta, and 10 minutes later, Angus Young's coming out of the same studio. Um, any any inside scoop on what's happening?
0: No. As a matter of fact, I know all the people here in town that run these rehearsal studios, and i made a couple of calls, but it is buttoned down. I cannot get anyone to say anything. And I'm talking about these are friends of mine. So there yeah. must. This thing is locked down so much that, like I said, people who I have known for twenty years will not talk to me about it, and and you know they're protecting their jobs and their career, and and so good on them. I, I love it when somebody goes to work knowing that there's a mission statement and that they, you know, that the they have to lock it down and respect the privacy of those people involved. I, I have the feeling that it has to be. Uh, you know it has to be done here's the other cool thing is, is that Jack Slade
3: um, okay.
0: it, who is the son of Chris Slade is our is Fozzie's drum tech when we tour in Europe okay. and Jack Slade on his own is a monster drummer obviously when your dad is Chris Slade and you've played for David Gilmore and you've played for The Firm and you've been in ACDC you're a monster so he uh, and and I've you know, Jack's buttoned it down too. I don't wow. even know that Jack knows. I, this could be just so locked down at this point that, um, you know. And and the truth is, is that I wouldn't beat Jack up for the info anyway, because at some point you don't want to take advantage of your of your friendships to try to pry. Uh, you know. As, as uh, ACDC said, uh, loose lips sink ships. Right and, on. Uh, right
1: on. Which with I'm, Axel, they always do because he hates any leak that the press uh, gets a hold of. Like he was supposed to be on Jimmy Kimball, but then it leaked and he canceled it. And there was this, I, I actually heard they were going to do a warm-up show at the Whiskey, but the Whiskey leaked it and now he's canceled that. So it's all hearsay though, but um, interesting
0: It's got to be happening, right? It makes yeah. the most sense. There's photographs. Why is Axel in Atlanta? You know, why is ACDC still in Atlanta? It doesn't make any sense. You know, the, the, the we, uh, my wife and I had tickets to go see ACDC, uh, here in Atlanta the night before, uh, that show, uh, it was canceled. Wow. Um, We were the first show that was canceled on the tour. Yeah. So I can only make the assumption that they just stayed in town, but this is a, This was a month ago.
1: Yeah. Because the ACDC doesn't live in Atlanta. I mean, I know, like, you know, uh, they're all spread out in different areas right now, but none of those guys live in Atlanta, right?
0: No. No, nobody lives in Atlanta, you know, from that band. I mean, Atlanta as much of a big metropolitan city as it is, it's not the home of many bands. <laughs> I'm not, you know, if you're a super successful band, you've moved to, to New York or Florida or California,
3: yeah. uh, you know,
0: or maybe Phoenix. I mean, there's a few that guys who still live here. I mean, the yeah. the Mastodon guys are here. The Seven Dust guys are here. Uh, there's a few guys from Skid Row who live here, and you know, and then, then there's the rest of us scumbags that live in the, the north suburbs. But right. it's a cool town, but I don't see Angus Young buying a townhouse yeah. in downtown no. Atlanta. I no. Yeah, I think
1: he he's still got a mansion over in Australia, and I, I think I'm sure he's got places in the states too. But yeah, I- interesting time for for Guns and Roses and ACDC uh, news and rumors. We'll have to see what uh, what transpires. And it sounds like I guess Guns will be going out on a full not a full reunion tour, re- reunion with Slash and Duff this summer. So that should be interesting.
0: And that's enough for me. I, yeah. You know. I'm just super happy. I I know how difficult it can be when there's hurt feelings and things have been said and it's it's sometimes there are some bridges that can't be repaired. The fact that I'll see Duff and I'll see Slash and Axel on stage together makes me super happy, especially knowing if, if Fortis is involved, I think he's one of the best modern guitar players on the planet. I'm a yeah. huge fan. And as as long as you know, and they're not gonna go out with scrubs. In the same way that when I have seen Foreigner recently and it's just Mick Jones and some all stars, they're not scrubs. Everybody on that stage is a badass. And as a music fan, sometimes uh, if I want to hear Foreigner played live and I know I'm not going to see Lou Graham up there, I'm just happy that Mick's put a badass up front and that I can hear those songs being played. The same way I went to go see Paul Rogers, you know, singing for Queen. I'm just a fan of music. ACDC is my favorite band. I would have loved to have seen Brian Johnson on this run, but I'll go see I'll I'll go see you know uh, Mark Starracci from Crocus. I'll go yeah. put a guy who can sing his ass off and let me see Angus Young do his business. And I'm happy. I don't. It's not my band. Right. I don't get a vote. It's Angus's band. The only vote I get is whether I show up or not if Angus is going to be there, I'm going to show up. And that's all there is to it.
1: Yeah, well, I'm guessing... I know they have these six shows that's Guns N' Roses. And then there's like a break before they it claim that they're coming back for a full summer tour. So I'm guessing you'll get your makeup show maybe sometime in like May or June, if then guns is going to go out and do a full tour, uh, in the summer. So we shall see exciting stuff. Definitely. And, uh, and Rich, it's always great talking with you and, and hanging with you. And thanks so much for sharing the news about stuck Mojo here on talking metal.
0: Yeah. Listen, I'm a big fan. We're friends. And, uh, as I told you off air, I haven't done any press at all uh, for this album, uh, mainly because, uh, you know, it just came out and I I talked to my manager and just said, hey, I want to talk to Mark first because we have a, you know, kind of a common worldview on music. We're fans of the same bands and we get along great. And so for me, it was a no brainer to talk to you first. And I just want to thank you for making the time for me uh, because if we weren't talking on the podcast, we'd be talking off the podcast about the same things.
1: Right on, right on. Well, thanks (laughs) again, (laughs) Rich. Yeah. You got it, baby. Yeah. You have a... Long time, Yeah, you have have a good one, and uh, we will definitely catch up with you soon. Can't wait for uh, you guys to hit the road. I hope Stuck Mojo will be hitting the road.
0: Yeah, we've got two shows um, this summer. They're both uh, European festivals, one at Bloodstock, and then the second one is uh, Brutal Assault in the Czech Republic, and then... um, we are putting dates together for the states, uh, uh, kind of a two or three week run that will be in uh, July and August, running up to those two festival runs. But you know, right now, we're just uh, putting that routing together. So there'll be U.S. dates, there'll be some European dates, and then we're also looking at the fall for uh, for full U.S. and European tours. So we'll be we'll be busy boys.
1: Sounds good, Rich. Take care. You too, Mark. Thanks right. a lot. See you soon. Bye. That was a older track by Stuck Mojo. That's definitely not a new track. It's called "I'm American." It's off the Southern Born Killers record. Good stuff. Thanks for. Uh, I think Lord Nelson is uh, handling the vocals on that one, and uh, you know, had to had to ask Rich why why they didn't reapproach him, and you know, he, he I respect his answer, and and definitely uh, Robbie Robbie is sounding incredible on the on the track we heard earlier, "Verbal Combat." So again, go support Rich. Go like his Facebook page, Stuck Mojo, and Fozzy, for that matter, and uh, make a pledge on Pledge Music, which is linked through today's show notes on Talking Metal. Right now, one of my favorite records of the last few years was Fozzy, Rich's other band that he has. Rich and Frank. Frank from the drummer of Stuck Mojo is also in, in Fozzy. And this is just a great song. Died with you. By Fozzy. This came out in late 2014. Go buy the full track on iTunes. This is called Died With You. It's off Do You Want to Start a War?
4: Talk to me, tell me what you want. Walk with me, this battle has been lost. Set me free, I can't pay this cost, don't you see? You I am Lord. False words are spoken, I can't believe it's true. Ignoring my presence, like I don't exist. Move on without me, I guess I won't be missed.
1: Fozzie on talking metal. Guys, it's been great hanging with you on today's podcast. Uh, We're going to wrap it up with a couple more songs. This is only by Anthrax. John Bush on vocals there. Great, great song. Anthrax have a great new record out right now, too. You should check that out. Guys, support me. Go make a PayPal donation. I'm, you know, a little bummed this week. Uh, You know, I'm a freelance TV guy. I bounce around from job to job. And, you know, being freelance allows me to have some flexibility with the podcast. And, you know, I, I was able to go do, be a producer on season 14, the final season of that metal show. It allows me to pitch all my show ideas. I hosted a web series with, with VH1 last year called That Metal Gear, which Rich, Rich Ward was actually on. I'll link that episode through today's show notes. It's on YouTube. Uh, but, you know, I'm a little bummed because when you're freelance, you go from job to job. And this week, kind of things didn't really fall into place like they were supposed to. I, I finished one job over at T V and I was supposed to I was planning on starting a new job at another place and then it, it did on the 28th yesterday, and it didn't end up happening. So a little bit of a hard week financially here. Um, hopefully things will fall into place. I'll be back working like I usually am in uh, in no time, fingers crossed. In the meantime, it gives me a little extra time to do some talking metal, so hopefully I'll get some maybe bonus episodes up for you guys. Uh, Having said that, use our PayPal donation to make a a, uh, donation to Talking Metal. It goes right into my pocket. Use it to kind of cover some of the expenses here. You know, I I host uh, the podcast for myself and for Mitch Lafon and for Metal Raps. It's all part of the Talking Metal digital network. So you can go to Talking Metal and make a, a PayPal donation to me. You can also use our Amazon links before you go to Amazon. Just go to Talking Metal and link over to amazon from talking metal we get a little kickback on any purchase you make that's that's of great help and then you can buy a t-shirt in the uh the merch section on talking metal and if you don't want to do any of that at the very least go leave us a review on itunes a positive one uh the positive reviews are preferred or go like our facebook page or follow me on twitter i got two twitter accounts talking metal and stregal that's s-t-r-i-g-l and that should do it for today Here's a little Captain T and Astronomy. The insiders know who this is, who these two folks are, right? Uh, This is called Cover Up. There's numerous versions of this song. I think this is the only one that was ever released publicly. Um, It's on Spotify and iTunes. Go buy it. This is called Cover Up, recorded back in the 1990s by Captain T, a.k.a. Mark Striegel, and John Astronomy.